Hello, I'm Dave, and shortly I'll be joined by my co-host Ash. Please be advised that the On the Pitch podcast does contain profanity. If you're offended by profanity, then you should probably find some other podcast to listen to. However, if the profanity does not bother you, please practice proper parental discretion. Greetings and salutations and welcome to a very special episode of the On The Pitch podcast. Today, ladies and gentlemen, won't be your usual football-related podcast. After having a conversation, Ash and I decided that um, it'd be more conducive and productive for people to hear about something that it, something that is getting more traction and being more acceptable in society, and that is discussing our mental health. So today, Ash and I will share some experiences and stories and have a very honest and open conversation about mental health. And with that being said, I'd like to welcome in Ash. How you doing, Ash? I'm good, Dave. Um, yeah, following on from what you said, I just think that, you know, it's, I don't think it gets mentioned enough sometimes, like how important it is, because at some point, everybody will struggle in life with something. And I think that the most important thing is how to get yourself out of the situation in a positive manner. And that's the hardest thing to do because sometimes you feel like there are no options. You feel lost. You don't know who to talk to because, you know, when you're dealing with something, it's, it's not easy to open up and talk to people because you just feel like it's an inconvenience. Well, that's from my experience. Anyway, you don't want to inconvenience somebody else. So you just bury it until it eats away at you. And you feel even more fucked because you feel worse than you did in the first place. It's something that has to be discussed. There's been so much stigma around it for so long. And um, <clears throat> it's caused people to be apprehensive in being forthcoming about the issues that they're having mentally. So lately, though, society slowly is trending towards finally addressing the issue. But I don't think it's still addressed enough. So I know... Now, during the course of this podcast, I'll share some of my experiences um, that I had while I was in Iraq. If anybody's listening to the podcast, by now you should know that I am um, I'm a combat veteran. I served in Iraq for a year from 08 to 09. And like everybody that's ever been deployed, you don't come back the same. And needless to say, I did not come back the same. And some of this... The idea for this episode actually came today, speaking of just having a conversation about our mental health. And also, if you're in America, at the end of the month, you know it's Memorial Day. So during the course of the podcast, I'll be talking from the point of view of a combat veteran, because that's where I've had my experience. Yeah, I mean, obviously for you, it's um, so look, I mean, we've spoken about this before between us, you know, what we've been through are different things. But at the end of the day. It's what, you know, what made us good friends. Obviously, our love of football, but the fact that also that when we've had our bad moments, we've been there for each other because the aftermath or the trauma is exactly the same. And, you know, I think that's the same with a lot of cases that maybe some people don't understand that when you lose someone close to you, um, 
you know, it doesn't matter the circumstance of how it happened, but like afterwards, you just that's when you feel the worst because it's every day that that person isn't there anymore. You can't speak to them, you can't text them, phone them, see them, and you know, we we both had our moments where, you know, we've been at the the bottom, and I know over the last year, you know, we've you know, obviously me and you talk every day, um, and we've both known that when one of us is you know, feeling like, you know, we're done with the world as a polite way to put it. You know, the other, the other one's been there to pull us out. And mm-hmm. it's not just me and you. Um, shout out to Mike and Alex. You know, they know who they are. They've yes, also, sir. they've been there for me at the roughest of times. And they've, you know, they're probably the reason I'm still here because they've always pulled me out and they've always given me, in low moments, they've given me a focus or, you know, drawn my attention to something different where... Mm-hmm. I can talk about that rather than what's going on in my head. And distractions are key because they're not the solution, but they're a good way to get yourself out of that mentality to, you know, to drag you off of the bottom. And for those two, and you, Dave, I'm so grateful for that because, you know, it's not an easy thing to come by for someone who can be that understanding in certain times. And I think that's the reason why I'm still here today because of the kindness that those people showed. Yeah, I will just to follow up on Ash's point. Um, Alex and Mike, just know um, you're loved and appreciated because I know there's times where Alex has reached out because he just like he has a spider sense, <laughs> a spidey sense that something's something's off, and he'll right away message me. And he's always available if I need anything. The same thing with Mike. Mike and I have had brief conversations too. Um, there's times where I post certain songs on. Um, on the tunes page, which is a great page, by the way, that we post, uh, we share music and, you know, some of the music, music does strike a chord and sometimes I'll post something. And if Mike kind of notices what kind of song it is, he'll drop a comment or drop me something in the inbox. Like, Hey, you okay, man? Or I hope you're doing all right. So just a massive, uh, thank you to them. As you already know, I'd lick the shit out of your face because (laughs) I mean, you're always around when I need you. Even when there's days where I just I don't want to deal, and it's nothing personal. I just don't want to deal with people because I'm just I'm having a day. You're still always around. I know. Um, on behalf of Talisa, she's she's pretty grateful for that too, because she understands that we share a common experience. And I'll get into my experience here in a second. Um, but yeah, just start off by saying that you know if you know somebody going through some shit. I always tell people the best thing you can do is just listen. And I think another important thing is, you know, if you don't fully understand what they're going through, don't pretend you do because it's going to make things worse. I mean, uh, I've had people in my life that have reacted like they know what I'm going through and they haven't. And then there's people that have, you know, they've said to me, look, I don't fully understand what you're going through, but if you ever need to talk or just rant, I'm here to listen. And that that the difference there is so important because when someone pretends they know what you're going through, it makes it kind of untrustworthy because they'll give you the wrong advice because they think they know and they don't. Whereas someone who just is happy to listen, they won't give you the wrong advice. They'll just let you open up and just get it out of your system to calm down, refresh, take a deep breath. And that can sometimes make all the difference just talking. So if you do know someone, like Dave said, just reach out, make sure they're okay. Even if you, even if it's just a five-minute phone call or a text, or like me and Dave do when we can't be asked to type, just voice messages. 
you know, just to hear mm-hmm. someone's voice. If it's easier to say it than to type it, then say it. And just just listen to them. Because there may be a time when they'll do the same for you. Yeah. And I mean, I'll start with this to get into my story. There's a staggering statistic that one veteran takes their own life every 22 seconds in the United States. Let that sink in. One veteran every 22 seconds takes their own life. In 2012, I was still in the Army on active duty when I was at Fort Carson in Colorado. My first marriage fell apart. I was doing pretty bad. I was doing a lot of drinking. And so at that point, I'd been home three years from Iraq. And I was utterly and completely lost. The, the, the dissolution of my, of my first marriage wasn't a big thing. What hurt the most was the experiences that I directly and indirectly had in Iraq that led to me attempting to take my own life in 2012 when I tried to take a whole bottle of Flexeril and not wake up because I didn't know how to deal with what I saw when I was in Iraq. And for anybody that served in the military, for anybody that's deployed, I, I, I don't give a shit what military, what country it's ingratiated in you that you're just supposed to suck that shit up male or female and just deal to the point where you feel slightly abashed that you have these feelings in 2007 my best friend was killed my best friend was killed in Iraq a week prior, I had seen him alive because he was home on leave. And a week later, he's gone. He was 24 years old when he was killed in Iraq. I was 22. That was the indirect experience that I had before I got to Iraq. And I'd, I'd, it'd be amiss for me to sit here and tell you every day that I don't, I don't think about him. To the point where I loved him so much that my child bears his name. When I did finally make it to Iraq, there were instances where I witnessed death firsthand. And when somebody dies in front of you, there's not really words or emotion that you feel or can even comprehend at that time because the adrenaline's going, the cortisol levels are raised. And it is only in situations like that that you see the atrocities that 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 war that war brings. And um, there were sure there were other things that happened, but every every day I I struggle with that. I came home and I remember I was just telling Ash before we started recording. I must have binge started binge drinking. I probably drank for six, seven, eight months straight because I didn't know how to feel. I didn't want to. I wanted to numb what I had saw, what I had seen, excuse me. And, you know, I had the nightmares, the flashbacks, the cold sweats, the hypervigilance, the anger, the depressive states. 
the mood swings. And it's it's a lot to deal with. And I know I didn't come back the same, but my life changed. I had met a, a friend of mine when I was serving on Fort Carson. And he and I were in the same platoon. And one day I, I just, I butted heads with leadership, which was, wasn't new to me. But in the manner that I did it in is what concerned him. And he looked at me and, you know, in the military, we all go by last name. So my last name is Piñero, but everybody used to just call me P. So my buddy looked at me and he said, P, you're not, you're not right. You need help. And of course, I naturally denied that. He wasn't having it to the point where he and we got off work. He had his wife pick him up. He promptly put me in his fucking car and drove me to go see now who I regard as one of the best doctors and psychologists you will ever meet in your fucking life, Dr. Edward Chavez, who then I began that journey to try to heal. And uh, I can sit here today and, and tell everybody that I'm still actively in therapy. I go once a week and I, and I deal with this shit. And for once, I'm not ashamed to say that I deal with this shit. Do I like it? No. Does therapy fucking suck? Yes. But it, it's helping me deal with... It's helping me deal with these very abject feelings that, that I that I have from time to time. I've, I finally learned that the name of this game is not to try to abscond from the way you feel, but rather deal with the way you feel. And look, I can't bring my best friend back. I can't bring that sailor back. The nightmares are never going to go away. The flashbacks are still going to be there. But through therapy, I can help control, manage, and mitigate these symptoms. And it's not just war that's a result, that results in post-traumatic stress disorder. That just, for me, that just happened to be one of the many triggering events in my life. But one veteran every 22 seconds is too much. There's no reason why brothers and sisters in uniform that we should have to suffer in silence. Do not do not abstain from getting help. Go get it. Because the help and support that you find, whether it's in a group, because I was in an anger management group for a long time. I have been in PTSD support groups. Not only are you able to make friends, but you learn to just acquiesce in your circumstances or acquiesce your circumstances but you make friends, you heal and you learn, you learn something that that's quite important. And it's imperative to your mental health that you're not alone. Like, and I don't give a shit what branch of the military you served in. I don't give a shit where you served. Go get help because there's no reason why we have brothers and sisters dying because there's some type of stigmatism to get help. There's no fucking reason why, as much as I love the city of San Diego, we have homeless veterans, and a majority of them suffer from PTSD, that have fallen into addiction, that have led them to be where they're at. It, 
help is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And if you are able to help people, that's what it's about. And since I've been in therapy, I, I've learned, I can't change the past. I can't bring, I can't bring those two individuals back. But I remember Ash once told me I can honor the memory of my, of my best friend by just, by simply living, by keeping myself here and helping the people that I can help, because that's ultimately what he would have wanted. I know my wife tells me every day there are people that care about me, and if I went anywhere, she herself would revive me, kill me, revive me, kill me, revive me, kill me. And, you know, Talisa, Talisa, she, yeah, she would do that. <laughs> but, um, it's, it's serious things that it needs to be addressed. Don't be ashamed to talk about these things. It, it takes a lot of unmitigated courage to even admit to yourself, let alone admit to somebody else what's going on. And, you know, for anybody out there who listens to the podcast and you struggle with some shit, you can drop us a line. Because at the end of the day, we're all human. And we all just need to pick each other up. And at the end of this podcast, we will leave some links to where people can get help so that they can get the help they need and address the issues they need to have addressed. Um, Ash and I know this is a hard conversation to have. Confabulating with someone about unnecessary, not about uncomfortable, excuse me, feelings. But what's even more dastardly is when you're in a position to help somebody and you don't. If you know somebody, best way to help is sometimes, like Ash said in the beginning, just to listen. Don't sit there and pretend. It, it, just, just listen. I often tell people when they ask what helps me, sometimes I just, I just need to get in somebody's ear. And... um. I'm not ashamed to admit that I'm probably going to need therapy for the rest of my life. And even though it pisses me off, I'm, I'm, I like to think I'm going to be all right. I had a gentleman by the name of Steve who I worked with when I was in an intensive outpatient program following my hospitalization and suicide attempt. He used to always say to us, the truth will set you free, but not before it pisses you off. <laughs> my was Steve right. And... um. Yeah, if you're out there listening, I may not know you, you may not know me, but um, you're loved. And if you need help, go get it. It's out there for you. Sometimes there are things you can do for yourself. Um, you know, it doesn't always, you know, there could be something that you enjoy doing. Like, it could be listen to a certain song, you know, playing a certain game, you know, watching a certain movie, just something that can lift you up. It, it, it can be the smallest of things. Um, for me, music is something that's very powerful. You know, whether I'm writing just to get my emotions out, whether I'm listening to it just to feel something, it can honestly change your perspective on something. And I'm not saying it always works because it doesn't. There are times when distractions will not help. 
and you're try and you just cannot you just don't feel like doing it because of the headspace you're in and that you know that's the time when you just have to take a step back take a deep breath and just think you know I need help and it's one of the hardest things to do because I still struggle with it today um four years ago I lost my mum um it happened very suddenly and unfortunately we um we didn't get a definitive cause because they couldn't find one after the uh, coroner's report, which at the time made things a whole lot harder because I, I don't know why. And I still mm. don't. And, you know, if I had known why, like, if there had been something that caused it, and it could have, it, you know, it, it might have been a little bit easier for me to understand why. But, you know, my mum was 47 when she died, so I don't quite understand why it happened but it did and you know being in that situation where you watch your own mother you know die in front of you and you can't do anything for me that that you know because i was 19 at the time almost 20 and you know i wasn't ready for that i didn't think it was going to happen you know you know obviously everybody will die at some point but at 47 at such a young age and I know it's possible of course I just never imagined that would happen to her and you know watching you know trying attempting CPR just to bring her back and you know being on the ringing the ambulance telling them to get here quicker and quicker you know it in the moment you don't think too much about it because you just you hope it's going to be okay you know you think you know the parents will get here they'll be able to save her but, you know, it wasn't to be. And I still have the dreams where she's alive and, you know, I can see her and then I wake up and it's almost like I have to double check and make sure, you know, and I realise it's not real. And that can, there have been days where that, those dreams stick with me for weeks and it fucks me up. And I know it's not, you know, obviously mine and day situations are very different in principle of what they are, but the aftermath is exactly the same. And, you know, shortly after my mum died, my I was with my girlfriend for four years. And, you know, up until then, you know, it hadn't been a bad relationship. But obviously, things started to fall apart. And she knew that I kind of blamed myself for having to my mum, you know. And, you know, now I know, you know, today I know that there wasn't much more I could do. But I still place a little bit of blame on myself. Because I think, you know, I feel like what if I call the ambulance like a split second quicker, it, it wouldn't have made a difference. But to me, I just feel that way. And, you know, at the time, my girlfriend started accusing me of murder, you know, saying that I killed her. Um, and, you know, when you already feel at rock bottom, you just, that just made me feel like I didn't want to be alive anymore. And there came a day when no one else was home. And I, took a razor and I tried to slip my wrist and kill myself. And at, at the last second, I just, something pulled me back because I thought for a second I was going to die. And I didn't. And, you know, thankfully that, you know, I've not had too many thoughts like that since. I mean, I still get the occasional ones. But, you know, I have to. I had to think about something after that. You know, what if if I succeeded? How much more pain would I have caused? And 
it's when you're in that situation, it's a hard thing to think about because you just don't want to suffer anymore. And, you know, there's always those there's people that will say things will get better in time. And to a certain extent, that's true. But it's, it, it never gets better enough because you're always going to miss that person. They're never going to be there again. And, you know, all you're left with is memories, which, you know, it's, it's a nice comfort at times, but anyone can take it. They'd rather have the real thing. And, you know, I'm still struggling with that today. There are, you know, it was the 5th of March 2017 that my mum died. So, you know, not too long ago, you know, it was four years. So, obviously, it was my birthday last week. So, not having her around for that makes it very difficult because I miss her. And it just feels like certain things that should be celebrated are normal days now. Um... I've had some good people in my life, for sure, that have really dragged me through this. And, you know, there have been times where I've just, the only thing I've known how to do is just write on Facebook when I used to do it. I just used to write exactly how I was feeling and just some sort of release. And that's how Alex actually reached out to me. He just, you know, cause I know we're part of the, uh, both part of the same football group. And I think we had become friends on that. Um, same as Mike as well. Um, and, you know, he just reached out and said, look, are you okay? We need to talk, just, you know, talk to me. And obviously Mike did, Mike was the same way. He said, look, if you ever need me to lend an ear, I'm always here. You know, it doesn't matter what time. And those were the days where I wasn't really sleeping at all. So I was up at two, three o'clock in the morning when, you know, those two were awake as well. And that's when things were their worst because, when no one else is awake in your house and it's harder to find distractions. And, you know, I have a, I have a habit of overthinking things and I will overthink the shit out of things until they're fucking with me. But, you know, Alex and Mike, they've both reached out to me and they just told me I had someone to talk to and that I didn't need to kill, I shouldn't kill myself because, you know, when you're in that moment, it's hard to think of anything else. But afterwards, you do kind of regret how you felt. You know, because if you had succeeded, you would have left, you would have broken more lives than, you, than the one you would have fixed for yourself. And, you know, I'm so grateful for those two because they're the ones that really got me back on track. You know, they was always there for me when I needed them. And Julda as well, to a certain extent, you know, we've been friends for a long time. Absolutely. And it was, I love him. Sorry. Yeah, that's all right. And it's just, you know, there are good people out there that, you know, they are selfless and they do want to help. And, you know, those people that have helped me then are some of my best friends now. And I wouldn't be anywhere without them. And obviously, you know, this, is, this isn't all really about football today, but it just goes to show the impact that, you know, without football, I wouldn't have those people. But there's more to football than just these people. They're good human beings. You can, you can, you can have a laugh with them. You can, you can talk about anything with them. And, you know, you know that, if you tell them something, you can trust them, you know, to, you know, understand how you're feeling and not judge you. And obviously, when I, when, um, me and you have been friends for a while as well, uh, via the Facebook group, but we didn't really interact much until the idea of the podcast came about. And then, obviously, since then, me and you have become very close, you know, and I feel like our experiences have what have made us close because 
you know, first and foremost, we've both been through some shit that has put us in a situation where life isn't perfect. And, you know, we have some really shit fucking days where, you know, I'd rather just close off the world and go to sleep. And I feel like giving up sometimes. And then these people, you know, like you, Dave, obviously met you from since since podcast day one when we were, you know, we 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 um we spoke about this stuff on day one about how shit had happened, and it was almost like there was a mutual understanding there and a, just a mutual respect and a friendship, which over the last year and a half has only grown. And I'm grateful for that because you know, me and you both have our, our bad days. You know, we have days where we just we're back in that rock bottom position, but I'm grateful for you, Mike, Alex. I'm grateful to everybody that's been there for me because, you know, those friends are why I'm still here and it gives me a purpose and a reason to keep fighting. And like I said, it's not easy to admit that things aren't great because I'll be the first person to say that I have a habit of pushing my emotions down and ignoring them. And they will eat away at me over time. And, you know, it's not always easy to find therapy, especially because it's, you know, especially when it's very expensive. And if you don't have the money, it's hard. But you you have to look, which is what I'm doing now. And um, having good people around you helps. Like I said, even if it's just, you know, something to laugh about, just lending an ear, having a conversation about something completely different. You have no idea how much of an impact that can have. And I think that's the whole thing about here is helping each other because without people around me, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be here. And, you know, this podcast every week, you know, when it, obviously I know we don't record every week because, you know, real life can get in the way sometimes and we get busy. But, you know, hopping on this podcast and just, you know, for, for an hour before we record, just fucking about having a laugh, you know, just that makes such a difference and I know that we look forward to this every week because we know it's going to be a laugh and we know we can have a fun and just it's just a way to step back and I know we've released some of our pre-pod uh, material which is just it's just a clusterfuck but in a way in a way it's just so helpful because it lets us allows us a lot of steam we can have an interaction and you know that conversation I mean we're we're in stitches most of the time just laughing because, you know, it just goes to show that no matter what happens, there is still good in the world and you have to make the best of your own situation. You, Yes, it will be tough and yes, it will be hard. There's no denying that. You will have days where, you know, you it won't be plain sailing for the rest of your life, but you have to make the good days the best they can be because that's what life is. You have to make the best of everything. And of course, no one's saying you can't have a bad day because it happens. But when you have a good day, make the most of them and enjoy it. Because there will be a time when those days is what going to get is what what will get you through the bad ones. Or it'll be a certain <laughs> person that you meet at some point. I know if Dave, you know, you and Talisa have been married what quite a long time now. We have been together since 2012. We have been married since 2014, so going on seven years, her and I have been married, but we've known each other almost 10 years at this point. God, I love that woman. And obviously, not everybody 
feels like they need to be with someone. I mean, you know, everyone's different. Like some people are happier on their own. Some people are happier with someone. But, you know, when it comes to mental health, the worst thing you can do is be alone in it. And, you know, I've been guilty of that because I've bottled things up that I don't talk about for a long time. Because after what happened with my relationship, it was hard to trust people. Because once you get, once that happens to you, you know, at the lowest point of your life, you don't, you don't, you don't believe in anybody. You don't trust anybody, especially after someone you loved and cared for for four years does that. But through kind people, I learned that you can trust again. You know, it just takes the right people and the right communication and understanding. Because I love these guys that I talk about on the podcast, you know, all of them. And we have a pretty good relationship, you know, when we just joke around. We can all just, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll wind each other up and we'll, you know, we'll piss each other off. We'll take, we can all take a joke. And at the end of the day, it makes life worth it. But, you know, if you know someone like that, you know, if you know, if you have good people, keep them around. Do whatever it takes to keep them around. Because they, because, you know, if they're good people, they'll be there to help you and then, there'll be a time when you can help them and it just it just makes the friendship so much stronger when you can be honest with each other I mean it's a shame that there's stigmatism there was even stigmatism around it to begin with Um, I know in the military they're just now starting to try to repel some of that stigmatism away behavioral health and um talking about the way you feel because and Ash has heard me say this off air but they fucking program us to do a job we go overseas we do what we gotta do but nobody pre- programs us so to speak when we get back and there are times even today where I feel like it's going out with the family for them becomes an onerous task because, you know, I, I do have these symptoms. I am hypervigilant. I have to sit with my back to a wall. I have to know where the exits are. I have to know who, what, when, and where at every second. And quite honestly, that's, it's fucking enervating. It is physically and mentally bloody enervating. And I oftentimes, I worry too, because, you know, I don't want to have a moment and it's happened before and it's, you know, embarrassing to an extent where I'm like, well, shit, I just did that. But there was a saying in therapy when I was in Colorado, getting therapy in Colorado, that they said you are normal for what you have been through. And it it did kind of resonate. Like, I don't like people standing behind me, obviously. I get startled. Um, I don't like the sounds of helicopters. I don't like fireworks or loud noises. These are all things that they trigger what I went through in Iraq. They're not going to go away. But with help, they're, they're getting better. Uh, I'm able to manage the symptoms. And one of the biggest influences I had was when I was, when I was hospitalized in, a, in Pueblo, Colorado at St. Francis Hospital in the uh can't remember the name of the wing but the wing had a specific name and it was just for veterans and i was 
I was with a United States Marine who had served in Vietnam. His name was Daryl. Fucking love him. Daryl was a POW, and in his second tour to Nam, his legs were cut off. So he has basically two stubs at this point. And what finally gave me hope was talking to Daryl one day. I used, to, I used to smoke cigarettes. So we went out for a smoke break. And I was talking to Daryl, and he used to call me Scratch. For those of you who've seen Ice Age, for some reason, Daryl always thought I looked like Scratch. Honor to push that man's wheelchair, by the way. And we got to talking after a long group session in therapy, and he said, Scratch, you're going to be okay. Because if after 40-some-odd years I'm here, I'm still here, kid, you're still going to be here. And it was profound uh, that conversation had a profound impact on me and daryl he had a sense of humor <laughs> and that's that's what also gave me hope that sense of humor where he had been physically and mentally impacted and through the power and ash and i we take the piss pre-pod i mean you people have heard some of it but even then daryl with himself said one day i think the tech was walking by and said somebody's feet smelled and daryl took his two little stubs held up and said, well, you know, it ain't me. And we all had a fucking laugh after a pretty intense therapy session. And um, you can approach this two ways. You can approach it looking at it like it's an arduous, laborious task, which it is. Or you can do the one thing we all hate doing, and that's being vulnerable. Because it is through vulnerability that you make those connections with other people. And it's through vulnerability that you begin to heal. It's going to take work. I'm not going to sit in a lot of you people. I have been consistently in therapy for post-traumatic stress disorder since 2010. That is 11 years, ladies and gentlemen. And probably the rest of my life I'm going to have to deal with this. It's never going to get easier. But it can get better. And that's just it. But I have to give you the reality of the situation as well as that if you're a person in that position, you need to want to seek the help and get the help. Because at the end of the day, if, if it is not you who is forthcoming internally and then externally with your circumstances, there's not much that can be done. But when you're willing and able to, there's light on the other side, I promise. There is the other side. And, it, and, and you'll get there with work and time and stuff. Because I... You know, like Ash said, you're always going to miss them. The 26th of July it would have been Miguel's birthday. But I miss him every fucking year I do. This, the, 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 the sailor that I saw perish. Don't know his name, don't remember it. But I know every year his family has to struggle with him no longer being with us. But some of those, the better memories keep us going. Like, I often tell people the joke. I just made this joke with Ash prior to recording that uh, Miguel, Miguel, I lent Miguel some money before he passed away, which is $250, that I'm probably never going to see. And when I see him again, he's probably still not going to give me that fucking money because he, he thinks he has a sense of fucking humor, that guy. But the little humor in things help. Talking to people help. I have reached out to Ash at all kinds of crazy hours and people, for those of you that don't know, there's an eight hour time difference between Ash and I. Ash is eight hours ahead of, of me. 
the uh, as far as time zones are concerned. So sometimes he gets random shit at like two o'clock in the morning his time, three o'clock in the morning, and uh, yeah, I'll always get a response. It's the same thing with Alex. It's the same thing with Mike. I know Mike. I think Mike works in at, in the evening, doesn't he? Yeah, he works nights, so he's usually around about between two and four a.m. Because you know. Mm-hmm. I've had night. Obviously, you know this. But I've had nights where I'm still awake at that time because mm-hmm. sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't know you're stressed because it's subconscious, and it. Yep. You know that's the worst kind because you, you you think you're okay, but it's all this shit you push down in the first place, and it will come back subconsciously. Like you won't be thinking about it, but it will be there. Yeah. And it and it does affect things. You know, it affects your appetite. It affects your sleep. It affects your mood without knowing. Mm-hmm. And. Those sort of things, you know, you don't notice it at first, but it becomes a pattern when you're, you know, just sleeping at, you're sleeping from 10 a.m. to 5 in the afternoon. And when you're in that low state, you don't care. Because I've been there, you know, I've been there. And you have your low days, you just don't care when you sleep. You just think, well, I don't want to deal with the world today. I'll be fine. I'll just, you know, I'll sleep when I sleep. I'll do whatever I do. And, you know, it's okay for a while, but, but, you know, you feel worse. You feel worse because of it, because you don't sleep properly during the day. You don't. And I'm testament to that. I, I mean, I've slept 12 hours during the day mm-hmm. and I've woken up feeling drowsy as hell. Yeah. Lately, I've been getting a solid eight hours a night at the right time. And I've been feeling a lot more energetic. I've wanted to do more, got things, you know, that I want to do. And it does help me overall. So, you know, that subconscious stress, you just don't let it eat away at you. If you just want the, once you realize it, do something about it because, you know, try and fix your sleep, talk to someone, get out in the open air because something I do a lot is I will go for walks, headphones in, just let, you know, just you know, hoodie, trousers, you know, it doesn't matter what time of day you do it, just, that sometimes fresh air will do the world of good because you'll get to clear your head. You'll think about things and it it won't be easy, but once you're when you're thinking about it, once you're moving, you know, it has an effect that just seems to you'll clear your head a little bit, you'll think about things a little bit clearly, you'll see a positive effect rather than just a negative. And that is something that has worked for me plenty of times because you know, you, you know, you know, I've gone out for walks when something's you know eating away at me like i can't sit in the house or my bloody sister's pissing me off and um i'll come back and i'll be in a better i'll be in a calmer state i'll be a little bit more relaxed mm-hmm. and at the end of the day it can make small like i said before the smallest things can make a difference hey with those walks though one of my wife's favorite things is sometimes you have company with you on those walks so i just need to throw that one out there for her yeah, we have a cat. His name's Skittles. I think he's like eight or nine years old now. But sometimes when I go for a walk, he'll follow me. Sometimes he'll just veer off in his own direction. But there was a time where um, I walked all the way into the town, High Street. Um, I don't know if you have High Streets in America, but it's just where basically where all, it's where all the shops are. Yeah, like we have town, those. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like a town centre. And yep. he, he followed me into the town centre and through the uh, bus station. Um which connects to the uh, shopping centre. So he, he all the way into town, back through the bus station, all the way back home, he followed me the whole way, just meowing his head off. 
Maybe he was just trying to have a conversation with you. I think he was stalking me. <laughs> my sort of like my wife's favorite things about Ash's walks is that sometimes Skittles decides he's just gonna he's just gonna go for a walk too. I guess this is the part where you give Skittles a shout out on my wife's behalf. <laughs> and it's things like that that you know there are still little things in life that you will find funny. And like they said, humor. You know, life will fuck you up and you'll have bad days, but you can't succumb to it. You can't let it control you. You have to control them. And, you know, me and you know this, we we joke about this shit a lot. Like, you know, we joke about being depressed. And to a certain extent, you know, it does help us because we can laugh at the situation and, you know, it will help us get through it at times. Like, one of us will be in a, one of us to be in like in a way, and we'll send like a meme or make fun of Tottenham, and it lightens the mood and it makes it easier. It makes it easier just to get through it because you, you've done that plenty of times. I think I have as well. Mm-hmm. Like I've been sitting there, you've like, well, it could be, it could be worse. You could be a Spurs fan. Oh shit! <laughs> and it just, you know, and that's sort not- of thing. Not sorry, Spurs supporters. By the way, We're it not. doesn't it doesn't <laughs> fix it doesn't fix the issue, but it just it makes things a little bit lighter, and you can just it cheers you up, even if you know, even for five minutes, and you can just it, it will spark something. Because I know, we, you know, I've, my thing is I just send you memes, and it's just you know, or I'll say something, or it, it'll be the way I say something in response, and it just sparks. It just helps because it sparks a little bit of humor, and then that way you can you know you realize that there are still good things in life. Yeah, and it's once, it, like Ash said, it's not going to get easy, but once you learn how to cope, you find things that help. Um, everybody knows this This man and I, we love football. Like, yes, I'm going to say it. If football had a face, I would lick its face. Um, Cue restraining. All, here comes the restraining order. <laughs> in all seriousness, um, you did it to yourself. <laughs> that too. Anybody that knows me knows, uh, knows I'm a pretty big fitness guy. So one of the things that helped me, and even though I do have physical injuries from from military service, I, I, I like to lift heavy shit. I like to weight lift. It, and it helps my brain. It helps what rattles between my ears. Um, coaching saved my life. The fact that I, 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 I'm a youth coach, that helps too. And and I speak to, I speak about coaching so highly because for those of you that serve, when we get out, the first thing we have is that void of, well, what the fuck now? Because we don't we lose the sense of purpose, air quotes that the listeners can't see. And when you sort yourself out and you begin to cope, you start to learn things about yourself. And coaching ended up being the one thing that I. And very passionate about. No, by the way, I will vehemently tell you I'm really good at that shit. But in all seriousness, it has helped carry me through 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 a lot of shit. And it's amazing because now I, I I've slowly regained the sense of purpose. Like in the in the sense that I know that I'm helping somebody because there are there, lately I've had parents come up to me thanking me for helping their children. I had one kid that used to play for me last season who, who was going through some really hard stuff socially. He remembered me and asked his mom if she could reach out to me to see if I could coach him, which 
I can say to lighten up the mood on this podcast. By the way, I'm just going to plug myself right quick. If you're in San Diego, I do offer I do offer training, football training. DM me, DM me, people, or message me for details. I am here to make you a better footballer, but I digress. Um, things like that though have helped keep me going and have helped me understand that taking my life probably isn't the answer because some nine-year-old thinks that I'm fucking awesome and is grateful that I'm able to relate to him. 10 and 11-year-olds that I coach, when their parents come up and say, thank you for making them a better person or thank you for giving them confidence or thank you for teaching the game and all this other shit, it gives me back the sense of purpose I, I thought I lost. And that is the importance of acknowledging the way you feel and then doing something about it. it. It all comes down to, not to be harsh, but it all comes down to, is the person wanting to get that help though? You have to want it. Yeah, and obviously when you're, you know, it's hard to, you know, accept that, you know, because when you're in that position, you feel like you've lost, a. when you lose someone close to you, you lose a part of yourself mm-hmm. and you don't, you don't get it back. And there is some evolution to yourself that comes with it. You have to, you know, for me, I was 17, not 17, 19 at the time. So, you know, I had to kind of grow up real quick, quicker than I probably would have wanted to. I mean, I still have my fucking immature moments, you know, when I'm a bit immature. Like, but in, you know, you, you, you've seen, you've seen it. <laughs> I wish they would have heard us before this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, well, obviously I've had to grow up in different ways, and I've got you know I understand things a bit differently because of it, and it changes your perspective on certain things. But at the same time, you you can't stop living your life. You have to still do the best for you, and it it is harder. It's a lot harder, but you have to. If you're stubborn, and I've been told I am by Dave, on many occasions, might I add. Yeah, um, you know, you just, you just—it's exhausting, but you—you you keep fighting it, and one day you'll win. Because I'm in that phase right now where I'm still fighting it, and I'm trying to do the best thing I can for me. I'm trying to become healthier. I'm trying to get a job, which you know isn't easy in the current state of the world, but you have to try you have to put in the effort yourself even if you don't want to because that's the first step you have to want to be better you have to want to you know heal and you know they'll at, at the start you won't want to but there will come a time when you have a you're at a crossroads where you can stay in that state forever or you can decide right you know this isn't this isn't you know this is a waste of my life i have to change it and do better and I know it sounds a little bit harsh, but it's the reality of things because it took me a good two, three years to get out of that headspace. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of wish now that I'd done it a bit sooner. But you know, you can't change things. You can't dwell on those things. But they'll, you, you'll know, you'll know the time when it comes. You know, there'll be an opportunity to move forward, and the pain doesn't disappear. Of course, it doesn't. But you have a chance to live your life and in a way, accept things and, you know, control the pain. And that's the key thing about it. You have to learn to take control of your life and dictate what you want rather than letting the pain 
dictate what it wants for you. And once you can get around that phase, and I'm currently in that phase, so I'm not, I'm not an expert, but you know, I've been through this shit for four years. You've been through it for a lot longer, mm-hmm. but you know, it doesn't ever. It's ne- there's never a full solution, but you just have to do everything in your power to, you know, when you're feeling down, talk to someone, do something you love doing. It doesn't matter what it is. Go for a run, watch a TV show. Punch a punch, punch a punching bag if it helps. Mm-hmm. Whatever, and then the minute you want help and you get it, it will honestly, you'll feel like the weight of the world's lifted off your shoulders because there's been times where I felt like shit. I've gone on a massive rant today, just you know, just a paragraph, just you know, swearing, ranting, saying the world's a saying the world's a piece of shit. You know, I hate everything, and then you feel better afterwards just just by ranting about it and i'll admit it is easier it, it, it is easier if you is there someone that does understand to a certain extent what's going on but even if they just listen and try and give you advice like you know okay let's talk about something else okay just try and take deep breaths tell me how you're feeling it will make the world a difference and i think that's the problem that not enough people are comfortable doing that because they don't want to be judged or, you know, have that opinion that they're weaker than someone else because they feel certain things. You know, to go through what you've to go through something and come out the other side is strength enough because, you know, the worst kind of pain is mental. You know, physical pain, you know, for the most part, most physical things will heal up. Or you can cope with physical pain because you know, there's painkillers, there's muscle stuff, there's gels. And for the most part, you can learn to, you know, deal with it or it'll heal fully. But with mental pain, it's a lot more difficult. And just to, you know, get the appropriate action to make yourself better or to heal, it takes a great amount of strength to do that. And you're t- you know, this is coming from two people that have experience of going through shit. And, you know, we're still here today. We don't want to be sometimes. Let's not lie about it. But we are still here. And we're trying to make the best of the time we've got. And at the end of the day, I think that's the most important thing. I concur. And um, the most important thing is you, you keep fighting. Don't give up. And you will get through. It's not a losing battle if you're willing to put the effort in and try. I mean, I've... I got over 10 years in therapy or something like that. And at times I want to give up, but I don't. Because I know that I will eventually see progress and things will eventually get better. Um, I also like to just give a... Ma- I know they're not going to listen to the podcast, but I will give a massive shout out to... Uh, Dr. Edward Chavez. He's a great fucking doctor. I worked with him for eight years. Dr. Ledley. She was amazing. I worked with her for about a year. And Dr. Dana Monroe, who I worked with for about a year. Um, fucking love those three individuals. Great doctors, great therapists, just great fucking human beings. And they, they, they my time working with them, they taught me a lot. Um... We all know how I feel about Ash. If you listen to this podcast, and even though sometimes we argue, 
because he knows I'm right. But, you know, I, he, he loves me and I, and I love him and appreciate him. Friendship and all that warm, fuzzy shit. Um, same for Mike and Alex. Uh, my brother. My brother, Daniel. Uh, you can also find him. He's also known as IT Jesus for all your uh, tech needs. Um, and my beautiful, wonderful, gorgeous, amazing... I don't even got words for her, but my wife, Talisa, who is just fucking amazing in every way you can think of. Those are the people I have to thank. Um, and my son, Miguel, that I have to thank. And um, that, that, that's what keeps me going. All, all of the aforementioned people. Um, yeah, AYSO and, and the kids that I coach. That, that's that's why I keep on going. Um, and to some extent, you fucking people listening to this podcast, because I mean, if I did do something to myself, who the fuck would be here to piss you off? And who would I have to on the pitch podcast listeners? Think about that. And I'd have nobody to prove wrong every week. Oh, here he goes. <laughs> well, fuck I hope... out of here. <laughs> oh. On a more serious note, though, we hope you um you enjoyed the podcast. If you are going through some shit, please get help. Um, I'll probably say this at the end of some future podcast, but if you're in the United States, you know at the end of May, it's Memorial Day. Do me a favor and just take a minute out of that day and acknowledge the people that are no longer here. It's not about the so-called freedom, it is about the selfless act and the sacrifice that these people made and who they have left behind. Um, Miguel, wherever you are, I love you. I miss you. Maybe one day when we meet again, we, we can... You and I can have a conversation and maybe you'll, you know, pay me. <laughs> uh, for the sailor... When you left this earth, it wasn't in vain, brother. I'm sorry I couldn't help. And uh, I hope to see you again, and maybe somewhere down the line, you and I can get acquainted in another life. But um, just know I appreciate you. And that that's what I have to say. Yeah, I mean, for me, I just, you know, I do miss my mom every day. I, I Like you, I wish there was something more I could have done. I'm slowly accepting that there that that there wasn't, but yeah. Again, hopefully there's another life where I'll see you again. Um, loss is never easy for anybody, but those people that have we have lost who cared about us, they want us to do the best we can, and that's all we can ask of ourselves first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that wraps it up for today. Yeah. Unless there's if, anything you need to add. Just just some helpful information. If you're in the if you're in the United Kingdom, you can reach you can get help for suicide at the confidential emotional support line. Uh you can call zero one seven zero eight seven six five two zero zero. You can email them at Info at supportline.org.uk. You can get information and a whole bunch of other services regarding suicide on their website at support 
www.lifeline.org.uk backslash problems backslash suicide. I know that's long, but if you Google it, you'll find it. The same thing for uh, here in the United States. I'm speaking to combat veterans and veterans in general. If you have any thoughts, and I have personally used this resource that I'm about to offer, call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 for the voice prompt. If you don't feel comfortable doing that, go online to veteranscrisisline.net. They have an online chat. You can also text them at 838-255. Hopefully, if if, if you need help, hopefully these resources can help you. Know that you're not alone. Know that it's okay not to be okay. Know that you're normal for what you've been through. The most important thing now is getting help and healing. And with that being said, we we thank you very much for listening to this very special episode of the On the Pitch podcast. We we should be back later this week with our regular shit housery and antics on the week in football. But until then, wherever you are in this world, stay safe, spread love, stay positive. We wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night. Till next time, we'll see you soon.